James Chalkmock is with us, partner at Clockwise Capital. James, I haven't seen you in a long time. Hope all has been great, right? We're watching the payment space as we emerge from the pandemic and everybody's getting out and about. What are your thoughts on this group and the market? Yeah, I mean, we're very bullish on fintech, broadly speaking. You know, when you look at the financial industry, you know, it's probably one of the, the stodgiest industries and the slowest in terms of adapting to um, the future. You know, the, a lot of these companies have, you know, built uh, online interfaces and apps and things like that to reduce friction for consumers. But there's been very little innovation from the legacy financial institutions um, uh, as uh, to, to the changing world that we're living in right now. And at these financial technology companies, like the squares of the world, which are in, we're an investor in, you know, are, are changing the game or changing the calculus uh, on how these institutions, how businesses and, and financial services should be run and in a way that is very much demand centric and putting the consumer first in terms of the experience and, and really adapting to a world a post-COVID world where uh, you don't really need to go to the bank anymore. Um, so, you know, broadly speaking, fintech, I think, is a very, very early innings of a multi-year, multi-decade um, kind of trend. Yeah, changing the way we do banking, our total operations, as you said, the debit business, credit cards, where you deposit your paycheck, right? Direct deposit. I mean, people are doing that even right to Square, right? Exactly. I mean, the, the Square, you know, they have two businesses. They have the seller network, which is, you know, their point of sale terminals with, within the businesses themselves. And they have the cash app, which is uh, strictly on the consumer side, where you can do peer-to-peer -peer payments, buy cryptocurrencies, and even get your direct deposits, as you were saying. So if you, if you they can increasingly capture the economics that you would do with traditional financial institutions. You know, the sky is the limit with these companies. And when you look at the market cap relative to the total financial services industry uh, in aggregate across these companies, it's still, um, you know, very, very early days. And, um, you know, I think you'd lump PayPal and companies like Shopify in, into that bucket as well. Yeah. Are we really talking about Square and PayPal or anything else? I mean, which payment stocks do you see best suited for long term performance? Uh, no, we don't own Shopify, uh, just given the valuation, but I mean, that's a best of breed uh, company. Uh, mm. We should own it. Um, you know, we had opportunities to buy it when on the dip, but um, we were on a very concentrated book. So it was either Square or Shopify. We uh, bet on Square, which has worked out really well over the last year. But Square and Shopify, I would say, are the two big standouts. Secondarily, PayPal and a distant distant third of uh, the, the card networks like the uh, Visa Masters cards of the world. We just can't get our heads around why those companies should be valued at what they are today. Now, granted, they're ah. going to benefit uh, significantly from a rebound um, from the economy as the economy of uh, the reopening trade. Um, but ultimately, you know, their businesses are at risk as well as, you know, these fintech companies um, encroach onto their territory over time as they build out their their seller networks as well as their consumer networks. And, and that's just a virtuous cycle that's going keeps getting stronger and stronger, putting a check on Visa MasterCard. That's why Visa so desperately tried to buy the startup called Plaid, um, but the uh, uh, regulators stopped it. Ah, you know, it's interesting today, MasterCard and Visa are lower. 
while we're seeing the others higher. I mean, that could be a little, to your point, a little vision into the future, maybe. Tell me about the relationship between cryptocurrency and the impact that crypto could have on this space. Well, foreign exchange is such a big part of the um, currency training, such a big part of banks. And, you know, the, the reason crypto, I think, is so appealing is because it's inversely correlated to the trust in government governments, you know, worldwide. And, and when you look at crypto, you know, if you can, uh, if one of these, whether it's Bitcoin or, or some other um, coin uh, emerges as the de facto standard and, and provides some level of uh, security and confidence in its predictability, you know, and that can take away the demand for owning international currencies as well as um, and trading them, you know, which can significantly hurt uh, the legacy financial institutions, which rely on that currency trading revenue, um, you know, for their businesses. So as, as these companies push into crypto and uh, bolster adoption for it, meanwhile, you have, you know, guys like Elon Musk cheering it on from the sidelines, you know, that's going to, um, you know, you, it's something you need to take seriously, but obviously it's early days to, to ascertain with confidence where it's going to go near term one way or the other. Yeah. Great to see you, James. Thanks so much for being on the show and Thanks, telling us Nicole. all about this important, important uh, story here when it comes to these fintech names. James Chalkmock, partner at Clockwise Capital. Thank you.